guys. What's going on? What's going on? Entertain the geeky. That was a count in. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and it was Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, what's up? No, oh, man. So we've been, you actually, you called me last night and you were like, hey, um, what do you want to talk about tomorrow? And I was like, man, it, people are really seeming to uh, gravitate towards this Batman being a crazy person thing. So we don't have to do it with <laughs> Batman, but we can do, you know, just dive into comic lore a little bit and agreed all that fun stuff. So I enjoy me some comic lore. I know. I know. <laughs> and you were like, well, what if you're like, well, I know everything about the ultimate universe. Everything is a stretch. I know a lot. I'm pretty well versed in the Ultimate Universe. I'm willing to bet that you know just as much or more than guys that wrote in that universe. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I have read all the books. Uh, you know, plenty, um, and most of the the main stories: your X Men's, your Ultimates, your Spider Man's. I know those stories forward and backward. Right. I mean, I've read them more than once. I couldn't tell you how many times. It's Probably an embarrassingly high number, but uh, <laughs> I, have, I have read those comics a lot. Uh, and the Ultimate Universe, for those of you out there who uh, may be unfamiliar, was an initiative started by Bill Jemis, Joe Casada, all the people that were in charge of Marvel in the early 2000s um, as a way for stories that are brand new being built from the ground up to have a more modern spin, right? So Spider-Man started in 1963 and it's great. There's nothing wrong with what that book was, but it it's time period is weirdly out of sync with where we are. So you would you read it and it's still very much steeped in those, those 1960s, yeah, those roots. 60s ideas. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this was an initiative that was done to give people a chance to jump in on the ground floor of characters and see their stories being built from issue one, uh, set in the modern days. The first one they launched was Ultimate Spider-Man. It launched in 2000 um, by Brian Michael Bendis and Mark Bagley. Uh, then shortly thereafter, we had Ultimate Marvel Team-Up, which was a uh, weird series of books. It went to like 16 issues, I think. And it was a series of books where they just teamed Spider-Man up with some rando. Uh, so, like, the first one was Wolverine, then he teamed up with Hulk, then it was Iron Man, they introduced the ultimate version of Daredevil and Punisher in that story. A lot of these early ideas, though, weren't as fleshed out. When we actually got around to fleshing out and creating these characters within their proper place, some of the ideas were left behind. Team Up was just kind of a fun little what-if type of book, I guess. Right. I mean, it wasn't intended to be what-if, it was intended to be continuity because they changed so much of it as the time went on. Um, Black Widow is in that story, and she got completely redesigned before they launched Ultimates. So Too she funny. didn't look the same. <clears throat> she looked in the team up, she looked more traditional Black Widow with the costume with the little, you know, yeah, uh, the, the hourglass yeah. belt thing. Uh, and when we finally got around to getting her into the Ultimates, she just was a completely different character. She's more like a spy, secret agent type character. Which is cool. Yeah. I can dig that. But so, yeah, they launched uh, Spider Man team up. Uh, X-Men launched shortly after that. Um, the first arc of X-Men was called The Tomorrow People, which mm -hmm. I, I liked. I liked that, the sound of that. Sounds rad. Yeah. <laughs> These people are the future. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
And uh, then we got Ultimates, which was their take on the Avengers. Uh, the first issue of which was a flashback issue that showed Captain America's day leading up to getting frozen, the, the battle and, and all of that stuff. So a lot of the things happened pretty much in the same way. Peter still gets bit by a spider. Cap still gets frozen in ice. Iron Man still creates a big suit. Like it, it kind of all that stuff happened in the same way. Where the changes came in is the time period, how the characters interacted with each other. Spider-Man was in high school. A uh, few people remember this, and I actually had an argument with a guy. Well, argument is the wrong word. We had a debate uh, about Spider-Man in Amazing Fantasy 15. Mm -hmm. He was in college in Amazing Fantasy 15. He was attending Empire State University. Um, this guy was convinced, no, he was in high school. I was like, no, it was, that was college-aged Peter when we first met him. He was a freshman in college when we first met him. So we never saw Peter in high school. There's, you know, been subsequent stories that have taken us back to those days and, and shown us Peter in high school. But uh, so Peter was young. He was 15, 16 years old when we first when we met him in Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, the X-Men were also teenagers, Gene, Cyclops, uh, with the exception of Wolverine, because he's like immortal. He's timeless. So he was, yeah, he was probably in his 50s, but still looked like he was in his 20s. You right. Know? <laughs> Um, <clears throat> so like I said, the changes came in and how the characters interacted and right away they showed us that they were going <laughs> to play with our preconceived notions of who these characters were. The X-Men team that they assembled was Cyclops, Jean, Storm, Beast, Iceman, and Wolverine. Um, so pretty much all of the original X-Men from the sixties and Wolverine. <laughs> Because Wolverine didn't come about until 1975, right? And now he's a mainstay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came out in the he came around in the 70s, but he's such a popular character at this point that when they were relaunching the team, they said, "Oh, we'll include Wolverine." But they did it in a way again where they they were kind of playing with our expectations. We meet Wolverine at the end of the very first issue of Ultimate X Men. Uh, he's in the Savage Land. We see him, you know, with his claws through like a dinosaur's head. He's obviously all messed up. He was just in a fight with some dinosaurs. Cause why not? Uh, <laughs> That's what Wolverine does. And the Savage Land was where Magneto was based. Mm -hmm. And we find out at the end of that first issue, Magneto, Wolverine actually works for Magneto. And he sends him to infiltrate the X-Men because Wolverine's one of the only people that can get close to Professor Xavier without giving away the game. Because he can, he's got psychic blocks in his head put there by the Weapon X people. So it's impossible to read his mind. Unless, you know... <clears throat> you can pick up surface thoughts, right? But it's impossible right. to delve deep into his mind. Um, so Wolverine joins the team as a secret assassin to kill Professor Xavier. <laughs> so right away, that was something that was very different from what we were, what we knew. Within that first arc, uh, uh, one of the characters betrays the team and and runs away and joins Magneto. Have you read Ultimate X Men? Nope. So if you had to guess among the, the list of characters that I just told you, who would betray Professor Xavier and leave the team? If I had to guess. Join Magneto. Jean Grey. Good guess. It was Cyclops. No shit. Exactly. That, again, that reaction is the same reaction most of us had when we turned to that last page and he said, well, I guess I'll just go join the Brotherhood. We were like, what? No. You are the Boy Scout like X-Men. Cyclops? Yeah. yeah. So Cyclops. Uh, a lot of the characters also got ma major power upgrades. Like Cyclops was a lot more powerful in the Ultimate Universe than he ever was in the regular universe. But uh, yeah, so little things like that that kind of just played with your own expectations of who mm -hmm. these characters are 
um, that were fun. Uh, villains were introduced to us in different ways. Um, the Green Goblin was a monster. He wasn't just a crazy guy in a With goblin mask, yeah. rubber goblin mask. He actually turned into like a big hulking monster thing. That could throw fireballs and fly. <laughs> well, they've they've kind of run with that in the uh, regular continuity as well at times. In regular Marvel continuity, no, no. In, I into the Spider Verse, yes. What, what was he? There's some Super Goblin. I thought that was Norman. Um, well, there's Red Goblin, but that was Norman with the Carnage symbiote. I am probably mixing up my goblins here. I think you might because be. they're so goddamn many. <laughs> there's a lot of goblins. But yeah, the the Into the Spider Verse movie that that Sony did with Miles, yeah, he had was, that he fight that, at the beginning, and yeah. Goblin is there, and he's definitely a monster throwing fireballs, yeah, right. So the 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 inspiration that uh, came out of the Ultimate Universe helped give rise to things like that. I would argue it helped give rise to the MCU. A lot of the portrayals of these characters were in the MCU were very much closer to their ultimate counterparts than they were to their regular Marvel universe counterparts, uh, especially Spider-Man Spider-Man. We started him with his saga when he was a sophomore in high school. So right away, that was very different than traditional Spider-Man. When that, I mean, that even dates back to uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Yeah. I don't know why those people put him in high school like that's especially because Tobey Maguire does not look like a high school student. <laughs> so I, I think I think it's because... Just make him a college student, right? I, I think it's because that if you're getting picked on by some bully, does that shit happen in college? I don't think so. Yes. It happens absolutely. in high school for sure, though. It, it does happen in high school for sure, but if they're like... Jerks go to college too. You know what I mean? Like sure. <laughs> on football scholarships or whatever. So there are... It, College doesn't change people's opinions about, you know, nerds or how they sure, feel about sure. them. So you can absolutely still get bullied in college. And he did. Um, the problem I had was you had these 30-something-year-old people trying to play high school students. You had, in that movie, you had Flash Thompson played by... Joe Manganiello. Joe Manganiello, yeah, who was, like, in his late 20s, early 30s at that time. <laughs> because the guy's, like, 50 now, right? Like, I mean, that was also, what... 20, 20 years ago? Well, yeah, but again, that's what I mean. The guy's in his 50s now, so he was in his yeah. 20s at that time, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, that is kind of wild, isn't it? Right? <laughs> and he was playing high school bully Flash Thompson. You are in high school, my friend. Yeah. High five. But so, uh, even like I said, even the portrayal of Iron Man. Um, look, I, Tony's always been an arrogant guy, but as far as making jokes and quipping... That was not a regular mainstay of Tony as as a Marvel character. Sure. Yeah, he made jokes and stuff, but that was not a regular feature of his character. Ultimate Iron Man, on the other hand, every other word out of his mouth was a quip. Like literally, that's how he talked to people. He was he had, you know, uh, we found out later he had a brain tumor, but he had this weird coping mechanism where like he had to be funny all the time. Right, because that's just how he related to other people around him. So right away, there's that connection between those two characters. Uh, bringing Captain America from 1940s into the early 2000s was how the Avengers did it. Right, like we set that movie in mo the modern day. That movie right. is set in the year it came out, which was 2012. Yeah, 
2012. So <clears throat> the Ultimate Universe gave rise to a lot of the, the, the now common staples of what people think of when they consider Marvel. Um, so it definitely has its place, right? It definitely has its place in the history. Um, and it's so steeped. It ran for... Uh, 15 years it ended in 2015 when yep. Jonathan Hickman did Secret Wars because that's when he destroyed the Ultimate Universe um, and it's fitting that he's the writer that's been chosen to bring it back right uh, him and Brian Hitch are going to be doing uh, it's kind of why it was on my mind to talk about because we, we talked about in a previous episode uh, when we were talking about Comics Pro the ultimate invasion which is going to be the, yeah. the new story coming out in june that's going to be the first mini series that's going to kind of relaunch this ultimate universe initiative um so for sure i'm very excited i mean i i have definitely you know followed this forward and backwards through the most ridiculous things like ultimate adventures i have that it's a six issue mini series where it's basically just what if marvel made batman <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> It's bad. It's really bad. But it had an Ultimate logo on it. It had the Ultimate, you know, uh, branding. So and I that's bought all it. he needed. Yeah, he was I like, bought everything that like, had the ultimate. ultimate. I had a standing order at all the comic shops I went to. If it's got Ultimate on it, I'll buy it. <laughs> I mean, I even ended up, <clears throat> I didn't know this at the time, uh, because how could you know what's going to be impactful, what's going to be valuable? But I apparently have one of the most valuable Ultimate Comics ever printed in my collection. It was a one in a hundred variant, one in yeah, one in a hundred, one in fifty. I don't remember the exact ratio on it, but uh, it was the variant of Ultimate Spider-Man number one where they dropped the background out and it's just white mm -hmm. and it's just the image of him swinging. Apparently, that thing's like seven, eight hundred dollar book. <laughs> Didn't even know that. So crazy. I know. I didn't even know that. <laughs> I mean, you have that. You have all the Miles Morales stuff. I do. I've, I've even continued uh, picking up Miles after they brought him into the main. Continuity. I mean, you were already so invested in him yep. as a character at that point. You couldn't not read him. Yeah, know? I have his I have his first appearance. That's that book's getting up there too. I was gonna say that. I'm sure as soon as uh, the new Spider Verse movie comes out, that's gonna just shoot up in volume. That book's too. probably gonna peak. Honestly, I think it will probably peak a little further when. Uh, in June when the ultimate universe is brought back because mm. miles is apparently going to be at the center of this story miles nice. and the maker maker. That was another book that launched. We didn't talk about that one, but ultimate fantastic four uh, was interesting. It's kind of loosely what that really bad Josh Trank fantastic four movie was based on. Well, I, I, I use it. I use the term loosely very seriously there. It's loosely. So there are elements it shares like Ben and, and uh, uh, Reed being childhood friends, Reed doing experiments in teleportation in his garage, and that leading to the discovery of the negative zone. So that it shares. Everything after that, it's it's garbage. It doesn't share with the Ultimate Universe it version share with of anything. the characters. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where he got the rest of that. And it's funny because if he just would have went with what they did in that story, probably would have been a much better movie. I'm not gonna say it would have been a great movie because it well, wasn't. Yeah, a great then, movie. then then they had that Rise of the Silver Surfer thing. They did that was even more. No, no, but see that that's that was before this. What I'm talking about is that Josh Trank Fant Forstick. Oh, when uh, that was in like 2000. I don't remember 2010s somewhere. I think. 
You don't remember what I'm talking about? You must have blanked that one out of your memory. Oh no 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 no! I know what you're talking about. The one that the one that everybody the boycotted. one that had Miles Teller. In. Yes yes. Everybody Miles boycotted. Teller played Reed, which yeah. I thought was good casting at the time. Also, that was the first first time in my memory that I can remember internet outrage over making a white character black. Mm. Because that's happened a lot over the years. But that was the first time in my memory I remember people going, Johnny Storm is a white guy. I was like, what the fuck difference does it make? <laughs> what, what difference does that make? <laughs> so Is he still a guy that snaps his fingers and catches on fire? Well, then what difference does it make? <laughs> is he on fire? Right. Like, <laughs> most of the time he's going to be on fire. I'm going to be seeing this skin, right? Yeah. He's a fireman. He's literally a fireman. Just run with that. Um, yeah, no, I actually, I, I made a point not to watch that movie. Yeah. Uh, I watched it just to be able to talk about it. Yeah, I was I was agitated with, uh, I forget what it was. It, I, I think I had read something about the script or something like that, and I was all I was all pissed off about what that movie was supposed to be, and I was like, oh, fuck well, this Josh movie. Trank, I mean, initially, the movie sounded intriguing. Josh Trank was the guy who did Chronicle. Mm-hmm. Chronicle is a great and Chronicle movie. is a great movie about yeah. random people getting superpowers right like so that's a great movie it's shot very well apparently there was a lot of interference from Fox and uh, the pressure that he had on him from producers and stuff basically just kind of made him lose his mind a little bit like he wasn't ready for that like, he went from doing Chronicle which was a smaller budget indie kind of thing kind of yeah. thing to doing a big budget Marvel blockbuster through Fox. And I just don't think he was ready for that kind of pressure. Like a lot of onset people said he kind of lost his mind throughout the process Mm. and he was very isolated. He became very depressed. So like, I feel for the guy, right? That sucks. And, and I think it's, it's a credit to a credit, probably a detriment to, you know, young Hollywood directors who want to come in being a little more careful about what kind of projects you accept. Right. Sure. Like, cause we've seen a couple of directors that that's happened to young directors who just got on board this thing and went, God, this was insane. Well, guys. I mean, look, look at how, uh, look at the DC cinematic universe just in the last 10 years. Yeah. But Snyder wasn't not was, wasn't one of those guys that wouldn't be used to big budget stuff. Like he had already done Watchmen and so I'm not saying that hundred. I'm not saying that, uh, as far as like studio interference and stuff goes, like oh, yes, yeah, of Th- those yeah. guys, those guys are fucking tested and true. They've done lots yeah. of big budget movies with big studios breathing down their neck. Right. Uh, but Ben Affleck was set to write his own Batman movie and, and direct it, and he was getting so much shit from the studio. He's like, "Fuck this!" Yeah. And they're like, "Wait, wait, wait! You can still be Batman." He's like, "I'll still be Batman, but fuck this!" Right. And then they're like, "Okay, well, this is what we're gonna do." And he's like, "No, fuck that! I'm right. not even Batman." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. But if not for that, we wouldn't have got Matt Reeves coming on board and we wouldn't have seen the excellent not the Batman. Huh? I'm not a fan of that one. You're in. How? I Why? I know. So for me, it was more the uh, the pacing of the movie than anything. I mean, it has its problems. I'm not going to say it's a perfect yeah. movie, but the Batman stuff is great. Yeah, it's cute. And that's why I go to a Batman movie. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care about Bruce Wayne. I don't give a shit about Bruce Wayne. Here, I never. Neither did he, apparently. I never had an <laughs> issue with uh, Robert Pattinson playing Bruce Wayne. Well, I think it's perfect. I didn't care at all. I was like, okay, whatever. It harkens back to that time before Batman was drawn as a super bulky, like, bodybuilder type guy, where right. he was just a guy. 
He's just a guy. He doesn't have super big muscles. He's not. He's smart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's mean, his advantage. Well, it doesn't mean he's in bad shape either. No, he's not in bad shape. You know? But he's not like, you know, uh, Hemsworth. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sure. And that's how Batman's been drawn and animated more recently is this kind of big, bulky bodybuilder guy. And I guess I understand the point of that. But I like the idea that when Batman is standing next to Superman, you're like, what? <laughs> this guy's in the same league as this guy? Like, he's a I bitch, like that. Yeah. Idea. Exactly. It's like Wolverine being short, right? But like when five, you see him, two. he's like five foot nothing. Yeah. Right? Like, he's maybe a little higher than that, but still, like, itty it's, bitty. It's yeah. funny, right? It's a nice little comparison of like, no, it's because this guy's just a guy. Like, he's not a god. He can't look like the god. He's just a guy. <laughs> Just a dude. I just don't understand, though. Like, I think, uh, you know, pacing aside, every time he was in a crime scene, his his interactions with Gordon, who was beautifully played, uh, I think all of it was just so well done. The yeah. Riddler. I loved the Riddler. There were parts of the movie that were good and enjoyable and stuff like that. I, I, honestly, it, it like I said, for, for me anymore, pacing gets so weird in movies like uh, the first Venom movie. Yeah. I didn't like the movie because of the pacing. There was some cool shit that happened in the movie. I enjoyed a I lot of the movie. movie. Yeah. Um, poorly paced. And I I don't know if that's an issue with editing or if it's it an issue. Is. Yeah. Or if the studio's like, no, you have to put this in there, but you got to do it after this. Because sure. I'm sure that shit happens, yeah, too. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And I, I don't want to say that uh, it's all the um, director's fault or whoever's, you know, whatever right. there. Yeah. It's, it's something that, Dude, you're you're showing it to a test audience and all kinds of shit. You can you can fucking fix stupid stuff like that. And you're you do this for a living. You know how to make a movie. Get your fucking pacing right, yeah, asshole. I guess your, your story your storytelling prick. It 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 went on a little too long. It lulls, yes, yeah. That's the problem. I think I think in what you're talking about, if we could if we could have cut out some of the less important moments, some of the bullshit, that yeah. would have not only fixed the length problem, but it would have fixed the pacing problem because we wouldn't have been spending so much time with right. with these little side stories. But honestly, I thought the side stories were all very interesting. I thought the Carmine Falcone stuff was very interesting. I love that they got John Turturro to play Carmine no, that Falcone. That was wild. That was as wild. soon as he came on screen, I was like, "Is that John Turturro?" Yes, this is great. I love this movie. <laughs> uh, they put a guy in a suit in that movie, and you were like, I love this movie. Come on. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's <laughs> it's Colin Farrell playing Penguin. Yeah. Unrecognizable as Colin Farrell. He's going to go on. He's apparently getting a spinoff show where he like yep. takes control of Falcone's operation. Because he was like the second guy, right? Right. He's, he's Oz. <laughs> Uh, we got way off topic though. Way we we topic. were talking That's about okay. the ultimate universe. That's okay. That's okay. Um, but they did some, they just did some very interesting things. Uh, a couple of the ones I, you know, want to call out was, uh, when the sinister six was formed. Oh, the sinister six is so fucking cool too. Yeah. The sixth member was Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. like, that was an interesting, he forced him to work for him cause he, he kidnapped Aunt May. I say yep. kidnapped because he let Peter believe he did that, but he actually didn't do that. S.H.I.E.L.D. picked up Aunt May right away and put her in protective custody as soon as Norman broke out of prison. That's like that's like the most uh, comic book thing ever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, no, we got her. I got your Aunt May. Yeah. No, I don't got her. Yeah, but Peter was a child. He know, believed know. it. He's you know what I mean? Like he, yeah. he absolutely believed if he didn't do what this guy was going to say, he was going to kill Aunt May and Mary Jane. He threatened Mary Jane too during that time. Mm -hmm. That was another thing that was that was interesting though was the relationship between Peter and MJ. It was so very high school. 
the way their relationship was on again, off again, on again. It was so high school. Like I was like, did you guys sit in a high school and just watch teenagers interact or something? Or do you have teenage children that get, that kind of gave you some feedback? Like, I mean, how, how old was, uh, was Bendis doing it? Spider-Man still at that point in time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So maybe I feel like maybe he had children that were kind of giving him. How old uh, is that guy? Uh, now I think he's in his fifties. Maybe he was, yeah, I was going to say maybe he was fresh enough out of high school. No, <laughs> not at that time. No, he was, he was <clears throat> probably a little younger than us when he started this thing. Jesus. Right. Like, so yeah, no, but their relation, the, the, the relationships between the characters were so very much in line with the modern day teenage life at that time. Right? right. I mean, obviously it's not the same as it was in the early two thousands now, but what it was at that time, they nailed it. Like, and that blew my mind because again, these are old dudes, right? That, right. Are, that are long since left high school. How do you even have a grasp on what it, what children talk, how, how children speak to each other at this point? Um, so that was really, you know, an interesting uh, element. Like I said, the Sinister Six, uh, the fact that mutants were not genetically superior, they were at, mutants were not some genetic aberration. They were created in a lab. So Magneto's whole justification for who he was was that we are the next stage in human evolution. No, you're not. You're a failed science experiment. That's what you are. That was devastating to people who knew the story, you know, that Marvel had done so for so long. Right. right? You were like, what? Wolverine was <clears throat> the first mutant because this was a science project? The, the people at S.H.I.E.L.D. and Weapon X were working? Like, you are kidding me. That's insane. <laughs> uh, so uh, Wolverine, or not Wolverine, um, when they wound up to their first crossover event with all the characters, Ultimatum, that was... <laughs> what? Sorry. No, go ahead. I'm, what? Just, I'm just laughing at... You know, the Ultimates, they have their first crossover event, Ultimatum. Ultimasochist? I mean, yes. Ultimatum. That was what it was called. Uh, and in that Just story, Magneto used his powers enhanced by machinery to flip the magnetic poles of the planet. Mm -hmm. It's like massive flooding. The whole world starts getting destroyed. New York just underwater. Uh, the beginning of that story saw Magneto confront Professor Xavier and Xavier compare him to Hitler. And that was like the last straw for Magneto. And he like snapped Professor Xavier's neck because he, he's wearing his helmet, right? Even in the ultimate universe, his helmet still blocked telepathic communication or control. So he just murders him. At the end of that story, Cyclops is so angry at Magneto that when they have him at their mercy, Cyclops just pulls his visor off and just unleashes the full force of his blast and just obliterates Magneto's head. I mean, it just turns to dust. <laughs> so, like, that was early on. You know, that was only 100 issues in to most of these runs or, or less. So, that was early on. Magneto and Xavier are gone. That's it. We're done. Yeah, and a bunch of mainstays are already fucking Right. We, we killed off uh, various Ultimate characters. We killed off some of the Ultimate Spider-Man characters. We killed off a lot of the X-Men. Nightcrawler died. Angel died. Uh, Wasp got eaten 
alive by Blob because apparently in the Ultimate Universe, Blob was a cannibal. <laughs> so uh, Hawkeye or Hank or Hawkeye and Hank are out looking for her and they come upon this scene of her just dead, disemboweled and just Blob is just shoving organs into his mouth. And I'm just like, what is happening? Like, so not all the decisions they made were good decisions, right? That was a decision I was just like, why? Why? The Ultimate Universe was fucking merciless because their whole thing, like the the whole time it was alive, yeah. they were totally happy to fucking kill characters. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nobody like that, was safe. Ever. Yeah. Spider-Man, dead. Wolverine was safe, I think, because he's immortal, but no other one else than was that, safe. Other than that, they're all fucking <laughs> good as dead over there. <clears throat> but yeah, so it after the Ultimatum stuff, it, they had a line-wide relaunch, which is weird to say about a, a series that at that point was only like five years old. Uh, a complete line-wide relaunch, new titles, uh, new. Uh, I think they that was when they branded them Ultimate Comics. So it was Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, Ultimate Comics X-Men, mm. Ultimate Comics Ultimates. They did do a couple of books. Uh, I think it was three. Yeah, it was three. They did do three series, three miniseries that were titled Ultimate Avengers. That was where they introduced Ultimate Red Skull, who was like a secret child of Captain America, which also was a weird decision. That's a thing. That is, that is absolutely a thing. In the Ultimate Universe, Red Skull is a secret child of Captain America. Of course he is. That ended up becoming super soldiery like him. Uh they did a couple of miniseries about Hawkeye because in the aftermath of Ultimatum, Hawkeye, uh, his whole family was gone. Black Widow had betrayed the team. She killed his family. So, like, he was a suicidal, crazy person. He just threw himself into every situation, hoping somebody would just finally kill him and put him out of his misery. He didn't want to kill himself, but... I mean, he, he behaved. He was just totally reckless. Yeah, he behaved in a way that was trying to get himself killed. Uh, and they did a miniseries about him. Jonathan Hickman actually wrote that miniseries. Oh, no shit. Yeah, the Ultimate Hawkeye miniseries. He wrote that one. Uh, but then, anyway, this wound around to a story called Avengers vs. New Ultimates, which was when they killed off Peter Parker. Mm -hmm. They introduced Punisher. They, well, reintroduced yeah. Punisher into the story. He was trying to kill Captain America because on the New Ultimates team, he was the Captain America. Yeah. Frank wore a suit and had a shield and everything, right? It was weird. Um, but he ends up, Spider-Man, like, has spider sense, right? Gets he sees in the way, this coming, yep. and he pushes Cap out of the way, and he takes the bullet for him, and then he dies. I mean, he, he fights off Green Goblin in a final climactic thing, yeah. and then he just dies. And uh, it, Oh, my God, it, Captain America, though, picking him up and telling him, you did good, kid. Yeah, well, and the, 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 hard, the hardest moment happened in... Ultimate Spider-Man, when in that last issue, he's he's won, he's fought off Green Goblin, he's laying there, he's dying, Aunt May is there, uh, Gwen is there, Mary is there, everyone's there, his friends, his family, and he looks up and he says to Aunt May, his last words, he says, is it over? And she says, yeah, you did it, Peter. And he says, oh, I saved you, Aunt May. And then he dies. <laughs> like, it was a jerk, man. Like, it was a heart-jerking right. type of moment, right? Other characters had died, 
But Peter, you always assumed was safe. Right. He's Spider-Man, right? Like you didn't assume they were going to introduce a new Spider-Man with new different kinds of powers that was going to carry on his legacy. We had no idea about Miles at that point. Right. All Not- we knew was this guy that had been our Spider-Man since issue one was dead, <laughs> full on dead. <laughs> uh, and then they, so after that big crossover, they did the story, the ultimate fallout story, which is where they introduced Miles. Um, in issue four of Ultimate Fallout, he has been bitten. He's starting to, like Peter, realize that he has powers. And so he goes to a Halloween store, just like he does in the movie, and he buys a really bad Halloween Spider-Man costume. And that's what he wears. And he goes out and he starts to fight crime. And even the criminals he's fighting are like, too soon, man, too soon. <laughs> Spider-Man just died. Like, you're disgracing his memory. Like, so criminals, right? Like, the people that are... You know, try to break into a house or purse snatch an old lady or even telling him like, whoa, no, no bad decision, man. <laughs> Too funny. Uh, and then after that, we launched Miles' own book. It was uh, just Ultimate Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And it was Miles. Uh, he had his own costume, the red, the black, the one we've become you know accustomed to at this point. Uh, and... He had different powers than Spider-Man, which was kind of cool. It was it was an interesting way to look at a character that we knew so well and change how he fights. It was refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. He he finds out he can become invisible. He can go light negative <laughs> in direct sunlight. Now, the, 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 the problem is other stories later forgot that that was how they set it up. It only can be – he can only use that when he's in direct sunlight because there's a spider that can use direct sunlight in real life. I looked it up. There's a spider that can use direct sunlight to make its skin translucent so it blends better, right? So, like, colors that are behind it become it, like chameleon circuit type okay, thing. It doesn't okay. actually change its color, but it becomes translucent enough that those colors behind it come through. So it just blends. Um, and like I said, everybody seems to forget that. I mean, shit, when you're playing the Miles Morales video game, you could do it at night. You know, you could just go invisible anytime. <laughs> That's not how it was supposed to work. But we forgot about that as time went on. But the widow sting was always the same. The idea that he has this like bioelectricity that mm-hmm. he can that he can you know Get shoot you, with. you shoot yeah. you with or sting you with. Uh, that, there's another. That's another thing. Uh, another spider. It can't do that. But there are spiders that electricity is not a problem for them. Like their bodies conduct it. Right. So it's it, they can walk on live circuits and they won't not get, get fried. They won't get fried. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they based all of his new ideas and powers on things they found in the arthropod spider kingdom, which is scary and weird all at the same time. <laughs> right. But also didn't make him just this, you know, a new, no, it wasn't a carbon uh, copy. Yeah. I was going to say he wasn't just Peter Parker again. Exactly. And that was refreshing. You're right. I mean, that was something that was, at the time, interesting. There was a lot of backlash about it. Sure. Because, again, racist trolls are racist trolls, and they, they hate progress. Uh, but it was, it was at an era when uh, even Marvel started to take note of the idea of diversifying its line, right? Because right around the time Miles was created, it was also around the time we got Jane picking up Thor's hammer. It was also around the time we got uh, Falcon becoming Captain America, so there was a lot of Miles, I think, is is responsible for a lot of the diversity that we see in comics now. Right. And that's not to say diversity's never been part of comics. It's always been a part of comics. I mean, Black Panther is one of the oldest characters on the Avengers. Right. Um, I mean, he's not as old as Cap and, and Tony, sure. but he's up there, right? 
So there's always been diversity. Carol, Miss Marvel. I mean, she was Miss Marvel before she was Captain Marvel. But she's always been a pretty normal mainstay on the team. So there's been diversity within this story. But I think Miles created this explosion of it in the modern era that, you know, take it or leave it. Some people were angry and some people embraced it. Me, personally, I embraced it. I loved some of the stories they were telling at the time. I mean, Jane is Thor was a great story. No, it was fucking cool. It really was. Whether you were okay with Thor being replaced or not, you can't deny that that story was well-written, well-drawn, and compelling. I mean, the whole the whole concept just made sense. Yeah. And that that's why I was cool with it. Yeah, you know what worthy. I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, just run with it. Yeah. Um, so, the, like, like I said, it's I think Miles was kind of the first. Miles was the first where, no, we got backlash, but we don't care. We're going to do it because we think the audience, 90% of the audience is going to like it. Yeah, there's going to be those 10% that are trolls and assholes. But 90% of the audience is going to enjoy this. And we worked in a comic shop, both of us. Yep. So we saw, you. we worked in the comic shop at that time. So we saw that most fans were excited, were on board. They were like, what? That's awesome. Falcon's going to be Captain America? I'm in. Let's yeah. Make sure I get that book. I think a lot of I think a lot of fans were excited to have something different happening. Exactly. Uh, but it... Here, here's why people get pissed off. They're like, you can't just rewrite this character. Well, they're not. We're not. This is it's, a brand new character. It, one, it's the <laughs> the storyline of that character has progressed to a point to where this is where they are now. Yeah. If if you're doing that with natural arcs and progressions that makes sense. Yeah. Well, fuck, great. Yeah. And if you don't read comic books, don't say anything. Well, sure. And if you're one of those people that's angry that this these characters don't represent you or don't look like you. There's characters that do. They're, they didn't go anywhere. Iron Man is still a thing. Hell, even Cap was still a thing at the time. Right? He got old, but he was still a regular mainstay. He right. led the Secret Avengers. So that's the idea, right? Like, I had all these people getting angry, and I'm just like, well, so maybe this comic's not for you. Maybe just read a comic that is. Why can't we all be represented in this medium, right? Why can't everyone look at this medium and go, oh, that character reminds me of me? Why can't we have that? Why does it have to be restricted to, you know, vanilla white dudes? <laughs> Why can't it be more than that? Why can't it be both, right? Why can't it, you have your vanilla white dudes and you have your diversity? Why can't you have both? We do have both. We've never said, well, we're getting rid of all the old characters and the only the characters that are going to be are, are new. In fact, the MCU has done that. Right. Right. The MCU has retired those older characters. Cap is old. Tony's dead. Uh, Thor is on his last leg. <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's easier for people to accept with a movie because of actors and blah 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 than it is a, a made up character. Because they, they don't look it's, at it's it. It's all made up though. They don't look at it right. But they don't look at it as a uh they look at it as something that is forever. Right. And it isn't. Nothing is. Right. Um, the fact that we have Peter Parker as Spider-Man for, you know, 60 years is obscene. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying you can't have Peter Parker. Sure. But why can't you also have Miles? Right. <laughs> We've talked about it on this show before. Everybody. I mean, comics for years and years and years, since comics have been a thing, have always been about showing a counter narrative, a counter idea, counter culture. Right. Right? And if you didn't get that along the way... I don't know. I I got nothing for you. I got no. I don't know. You need to get your brain checked out because it's always been this way. 
Is it more pronounced now? Yes, but that's not because comics have changed. That's because public perception of Times these have things changed. have yes. changed, right? How I mean, how many people are spoon-fed on a day-to-day basis how, well, everything's too woke and uh, blah, 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 blah. And is some of that true? Yes. But is some of it just overblown nonsense? Absolutely, right? So we're fed this like steady diet of this. So now when we see it everywhere, we lump it all into the same kind of you know box. We don't think... What is it about this story that bred this diversity? We just think it's diversity. I hate it. Why? Well, that's I, I don't think everybody looks at it and thinks it's diversity. I hate it. Like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give. Oh, no, I know. I'm gonna give the you know the general person the benefit of the doubt there. Yeah, the larger part of fans are fine. They enjoy what they well, I'm, do. I'm even saying some people that are outraged by it. It's because they don't understand it. They don't well, know. Right. They they don't know. They have no idea that people's roles in that universe have shifted over the last, you know, even 10 years over the last decade, this character was doing one thing and now they're doing something totally different in this medium. Um, and I, I know that you don't understand that because you don't read it. Well, yeah. And most people aren't even uh, newscasters, especially aren't even going to bother to do the research necessary. When, when John Kent, son of Kal-El, uh, came out as bi, I literally watched Dean Cain, the man who used to play Superman on television on Fox News talking about how, well, they're making Superman gay. So uh, it's just, it's terrible. It's ruining the, I'm just like, you don't even know what you're talking about, man. That's not Superman. First of all, that's Superman's son. You do, you didn't even do the research to right. make sure your facts were straight. Like, it's just, it's nonsense. It's garbage. Well, and that's, I think that's the thing. Like if, if you're not invested in the medium in any way. Just shut up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not not your problem. Right. Um, and Why is this national news to begin with? Oh, it's fucking not. But it's also... Most of your viewers don't give a shit about Superman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all they, Yeah, all they care about is that Henry Cavill keeps playing him. Yeah, well, that's something that I know, uh, everybody I know. gets so angry about. <laughs> I don't understand that at all. They want to skew younger. And I'm fine with that. I'm excited it. about I that. I get it. Yeah. In any case, the Ultimate Universe, you know... Limped on after that. Uh, it didn't. All the stories weren't great. Miles was consistently good throughout that. Right. The Ultimates books took a dive. The Fantastic Four took a little bit of a dive, but then when they turned Reed, their version of Reed, into a villain called the Maker, all of a sudden I was like, "Whoa, wait, what?" So like that came back around. The X Men stuff, legit, super fast. Yeah, yeah. The X Men stuff did some weird stuff, and as it limped to the end. Uh, Ultimates uh, was was good. Hickman started writing that. That was during the era when uh, they made Captain America president of the United States. Okay. Uh, so there was there was an that was an interesting thing uh, that you know came about kind of toward the the, la- the latter half of this. Um, and then Hickman started writing in 2012, 2013. Hickman started writing Avengers and New Avengers. Mm-hmm. So that took him away from the Ultimate Universe. And it was clear what he was building during that was to his Secret War story, which was right. going to destroy the Ultimate Universe. We're done with this. But Marvel saw at least a few of the properties that were doing very well that people yeah. still seemed to resonate with. Miles Morales with. and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we kept Miles when the universe and his whole family when the universe went down. We kept Jimmy Hudson, who was Wolverine's son. So it was like a younger version of Wolverine, claws and everything. Um we kept uh, Nick Fury, the ultimate version of Nick Fury, of stayed we around. Yeah. We kept the Maker, 
villainous read, uh, which which turned out to be great. It's why the Ultimate Universe is coming back because the Maker's kind of been in the background doing all these things. Uh, the Council, he approached the Council of Reeds. He wants to be on the Council of Reeds. He thinks he, every read thinks they deserve to be on the Council. <laughs> right. They're all arrogant dicks. But uh, it came to him and they basically said, like, look, we want you to be on the Council and we, we welcome it. But no read, this was, this was Reed Prime's line, was no read stands on a broken universe. So if you want to be on our council, you got to find your universe. you got to get it back somehow. So that's what he's been in the background doing, and that's kind of how they're, they're bringing it back. But Secret Wars wiped it out. I mean, Secret Wars destroyed and restructured all continuity right. uh, into a new multiverse. Uh, Hickman was at the center of that, and so... I'm uh, again, I'm uh, talked to, we talked about it in the comics pro episode. I'm glad he's the one that's been tapped to bring it back. I, I feel like they just let that guy do whatever he wants at this point. Oh yeah. He's so good. I think, I think he'll say some off the wall shit. <laughs> that's a see, good idea to see if he can get away with it. And then yeah. they're like, you can do that. And he's like, yeah. And then he goes home and he's like, fuck. Now I got to plan this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like they just let that guy do whatever he wants now. He's such a good writer. He does he's, a good job with it. I mean, he's one of those guys in our era, in our generation that we'll still be talking about 30 years from now. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like a, you know, a Stanley or a Jack he's, Kirby. Yeah. yeah. He's, I, I was honestly going to say he's your Alan Moore, or your Frank Miller. Oh, no, 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 no. Very, very, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Alan Moore and Frank Miller were the Stan Lee and Jack Kirby of their generation. They you were. know what I mean? Like, no, 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 they were. <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's what's cool is, yeah, I guess we do have that now. Yeah. Or these are these are our guys. I mean, guys like Jeff Johns, guys like Bendis, guys like Hickman. These are the guys we will still be talking about 30 years from now. When we, when we look back and we say, back in my day in comics... Yeah, when you're you and know, comics are completely different from what they are right now, we'll right. look like the old idiots, you know? <laughs> It'll it'll be like this uh, projection. You know how Iron Man has that interface that goes over his face in the movies. It'll be like that, and that's how they read comics. That's how they'll read them. They'll just swipe. They'll swipe, just swipe. They'll, no. They'll look left or right, <laughs> and that's what'll turn pages for. Them. <laughs> yeah. Someday when we're old men and, and we're reminiscing about the better time in comics, I and remember I, when they were made out of paper. Well, and I think it's funny, right? Because one of the things I like to take pride in as a comic fan is. The diversity. I like, I enjoy the diversity. I take that as a point of pride as a fan of how diverse it is and how it's always been that way. Um, but it's funny, right, to think about how the brain will evolve to where my back in my day, we had girls carrying Thor's hammer and we had black guys carrying Captain America's shield and they'll be like, Grandpa, you're an idiot. Yeah, stop being racist. Because, and that will sound that way coming from us to them, right? Like, because that's how it sounds coming from our parents to us. Right. It's right. insane to me. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> By the time I'm that age, I think I might just shut up and not say anything anymore. Oh, stop it. You don't have the ability. I, I think once I'm an old man, I think I might. I think I might. I'll find it. You're like, I'll find it. Yeah, but you guys out there, you know, I can't shut up. It, you know, it's a, it's a fun thing that we do, though. Like, we don't shut up. No. I just want to keep talking. So, um, we are going to put a pin in it here. Yeah. Uh, we are going to come back to... I think we're going to do a little more with comics um, over these next couple of weeks here. So, stay tuned for that. Also... Leave us a comment. What do you want to hear us talk about? 
We've read a lot of comics between us. Yeah, what what are your favorite series? What are your favorite comics? Maybe we'll put one of those. We'll do a... We'll we can do try a, to give some commentary. Do a commentary list. Yeah. Um, go to entertainthegeeky.com slash book club, and you can join the book club with us. All you got to do, pick up a copy of your book there. Well, you're reserving it now. Uh, we will place the order through Altered State Comics, and you will have your book. We're, all orders are going to go out sometime after the 30th when ordering closes on the website. So the 30th of March, 2023, this month right now. Yes. Clarification. Um, Is it still going to be March when this episode goes up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just kidding. These go up fast. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's just funny to think about because we're, we're recording and then at a future date you'll be watching. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it, it'll be Friday. Friday they'll be watching this. Okay. Okay. Good. So, uh, yeah. Anywho. Hang, hang out, do the book club with us. Um, you can read all the details on how the book club works when you go to uh, the entertainthegeeky.com slash book club. Um, it gives a full rundown on what we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing a live stream with the book. All of the details, again, are on that webpage. So thank you. As always, stay geeky. <laughs> I don't know why I winked there. Will this be, will this be up? Yeah, dude, I'm doing a good job of keeping that shit no, up. I know, I'm just giving you shit. No, it's... <laughs> I, uh, I actually... I did not get video put up Friday, and it bummed me out because my the way that I schedule this is uh, Wednesday's um, podcast oh. comes out, and then Friday's video comes out. My thought process was, well, Friday movie, Friday night movie blockbusters, and Wednesday's sure. when new comics come out. So sure. that's when they're getting entertained the geeky. Okay. I could have done it for any day of the week, because originally I was like, I think video should come out on Tuesdays, because that's when Blockbuster got new releases. Uh, was it? Yeah. Okay. It's well, disgusting. How do you remember it's that? It's disgusting to know that, I know. <laughs> I spent a lot of fucking money at Blockbuster. So yeah. I, mean, I feel like I rented a lot of things from Blockbuster, at, and some things that I never gave them back. <laughs> That still have Blockbuster stickers on them. Damn right. <laughs> I frequented their previously viewed movies. Oh, I, I bought, yeah, brand incredible. new movies for ridiculous discounts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, were they brand new? No. A couple people rented it. Well, yeah, but oh, I mean, but I mean, fuck. when I say brand new, I mean within the last, released within the last month. Right. Because they would get so many that within the first month, they were putting those for sale stickers on some the of them. The previously viewed yeah, ones, yeah, and you get it for like $9.99 yeah, or whatever. I mean, sometimes like, cheaper. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I, de sure I definitely got like dollar movies from them sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was incredible. Well, they made their money off of it. They didn't give a fuck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I did previously played games there. I don't think I ever bought any games from Blockbuster. I rented a lot of games from Blockbuster. Totally bought some. And I was definitely one of those kids that was on the phone with Blockbuster sometimes saying, hey, extend my rental, because I'm not done. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. <laughs> oh, you do rental extensions? Yeah. That's awesome. Well, because, you know, you would, you, you would, essentially, they would just put a, a, a note on your account that you owe them for another rental. Right. Right? So it's like, no, I'm going to keep this for another week. Instead of getting the ridiculous late fee. Right. So yeah. instead of, you know, at, th at this point, riding my skateboard or my bike down to Blockbuster, I'd just call them. And tell them, hey, I'm, uh, this is Jason. I'm going to extend my rental for another week. <laughs> Do you remember when uh, they started their online service that was incredible? So you could you could 
Order movies online. When they arrive to your house, you could watch them, take them to the store, and trade yeah. them out for movies in store, and it didn't cost you anything extra. Yes. That was one of the greatest fucking things ever. It was an early... It was like, a, to combat Netflix. Yeah, it was an early competitor with Netflix, was trying to say, like, oh, God, these guys are killing us in this market. We got to do something. Yeah, it's because Netflix did the nine ninety nine and they sent you three DVDs or whatever, and that was huge. Well, I think the, the, the difference, the big difference in Netflix that they had over family videos and your blockbusters and your whatevers was keep it as long as you want. Yep. Here it is. And whenever you're done with it, send it back and we'll send you the next thing. Right? Like blockbuster, you got five days. And if it's a new release, you got two days. Right. <laughs> Better watch this fucking thing. You got soon. two days and then you got to get it back to me. <laughs> We're going to need this. So somebody else can have two days with it. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think that was the, that was what killed blockbuster. That was what killed chain video rental stores was the idea that, you know, here's your movie. Keep it. Till you're done. I mean, streaming is was the final nail in well, the sure. coffin there. But I think that was the early like, oh shit, we're fucked. Kind of. Yeah, I, I thought the way Blockbuster combated that was really good. Like as as far as Netflix did not have a, a storefront that you could walk into right. to switch those movies out. So it's it didn't true. matter to me. Right. You you send me a movie, I'll watch it the day it arrives. Yeah. And I'll fucking take it back and get a new one. And it was just I think it was like 20 bucks a month and you could basically trade movies out as often right. as you want. It was for sure. fucking incredible. Yeah, but they still had late fees. They still did late oh, fees. Oh yeah, yeah. And that was the problem, right? I think that was their that was their one of their downfalls. Sure. Was look, some is is sometimes the movie being returned late my fault? Yeah, absolutely. Uh but sometimes you just you don't think about things. You just forget things, right? Like you put it on your shelf and you don't even think about it until you go back to that shelf four weeks later. You're like, ah, shit. That also falls into the my fault category. Well, I understand that. <laughs> but what I'm saying is it's easy in the hustle and bustle sure. of day-to-day -day life Doing real to lose life, track yeah. of things. Netflix didn't care. If you had that copy of Pretty in Pink for two years, doesn't matter. Send it back. Just weren't getting any more movies. Right. Send it back and we'll send you the next movie. <laughs> when they were still getting their 10 bucks a month out of you. Exactly. Right. Like, so it so doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter. Keep it as long as you. It's why I still use Gamefly. Really? Yeah. What do you, what do you mean? I didn't think Gamefly was still a thing. Gamefly is absolutely still a thing. Are you kidding me? No shit. Do they send hard copies? Yeah. Holy cow. Gamefly. <laughs> I just feel like I got in a time machine. You gonna load? Oh, there we go. No fucking way. Right, this is, my phone's not gonna load, I guess. There no, it is. There it is. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Gamefly. Uh my Q. My Q is where my games are. Holy cow. Yeah, I, I currently have the Calabunga collection. But then I have my whole list here of things that, you know. That's fucking sick. They'll send me. Yeah. They also do this new thing called Game Lock where they'll send you an email uh, whenever a new game's about to release. And if you get your game in the mail within like 24 hours back to them, they'll guarantee that you'll get a new copy sent to your house for launch day. Oh, that's badass. Of a new game sent to your house for launch day. I've done it a couple of times. But one of the big things, one of the big reasons I like it so much is this. This little button that says keep. Right? Because oh, that's brilliant. If you hold on to a game long enough, the keep price will drop. I bought Mass Effect Andromeda for $1.50. <laughs> now, truth be told, that game was terrible. So it was probably going to get that cheap anyway right. in regular stores. But it doesn't matter. Like, I got 
uh, Doom Eternal from them. I, I rented it. I kept it for so long. One day I was looking on there to see what my next game was because I was thinking about sending Doom Eternal back and it was like, keep Doom Eternal for $10. And I was just like, yeah. And they mail you the case. Oh, that's it. fucking cool. Yeah, because they have the cases, right? Like, right. They're just they have sitting to there. buy the games. Yeah, so like they'll mail you the case for it. It's awesome. It's really cool. Gamefly just got a plug. Yeah, they don't. They're not paying me or anything. But Thanks, like, Gamefly. it's cool. Gamefly's cool. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> All right, I do got to get going though.